Thank you for downloading, streaming, listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York. Uh, I am anticipating that since we are recording, uh, there's going to be lawnmowers and other uh, tools going off in my neighborhood because it's summer in New York and uh, it's the weekend and noise is going to happen. It's inevitable uh, even when the air quality is shit, but hopefully that'll keep my neighbors who have a sound system so loud it sets off car alarms. I'm hoping the bad air will prevent them from having a party where they do laser karaoke late into the night. And um, I don't call the authorities to ask them to stop because I cannot guarantee that uh, the authorities will allow everyone at those festivities to live. Uh, but we're in a good mood because Chelsea's back, bitches. What up? I'm here. Um, hello. You were missed. Welcome back. You got some banger episodes, though. I was listening and I was like, damn, Rick's got the connections. What am I here for? I'm just chopped liver compared to these people. So I am I am happy to be back. And um, also you were mentioning noises like with the summer. I've been noticing since last week uh, the fireworks are starting in my area, except I don't know if you can call them fireworks because it's what like you know, you buy at a stand and, um, or I don't know where really New Yorkers get fireworks. I know how back in Alabama and Georgia, they did have those huge stands on like the highways and stuff that you could, you could get that stuff. But, um, it, it doesn't, you don't see lights from it. You don't see sparkly, shiny things from it. You just hear a pop and like a little bit of, a little bit of residual, like, you know, the little popping and it's in, I don't know. I'm noticing it more this year, probably because I used to go to Savannah every July 4th week and I'm staying here for this this July 4th week. But my poor cat, I'm realizing Tonks does not like those sounds at all. And I realized I left her alone every week dealing with that or every year. But it's a terrible noise. And I also wanted to say laser karaoke would be cool if it was real lasers. Well, the, well the, there are lights. Um, there's oh, a no, lot like of, um, like a laser that'll like well let me rebut you are not chopped liver um <laughs> you are are, are a, a wonderful creative partner and i've missed having conversations with you and life gets in the way and i understand that uh to deal with your absence i gotta bring forth the very best otherwise i'm just a uh, a fancy rascal you know who else is going to want to listen to me unless I've got interesting people to talk to and we thank all of our guests and I'm trying to get uh more fun people to chat with so you know stay tuned subscribe uh we got surprises coming um I'm making friends uh in New York there are either people who have like a cousin that goes out of state to obtain fireworks or more likely scores are being settled under the guise of fireworks. I'm starting to think that it's starting to feel personal. Like it doesn't feel like it's celebrating a holiday. It feels like it feels very pointed. And um, I could see that. Wait, do they not sell fireworks like in the city? No, 
I mean, that makes sense. I don't know why I'm acting surprised. I've just never thought about it because it's never dawned on me to go buy any. Well, <laughs> years ago, it, it, and it was the last time I actively did that. I went with beautiful lady and some friends around the Brooklyn Bridge to see fireworks. And after like five minutes, I was bored out of my mind. It's lights in the sky. If you have any empathy at all for animals or yeah. uh, traumatized military service members, you think to yourself, shouldn't we have evolved beyond this as a species? Uh, but we're indoctrinated with patriotism. And uh, again, if you're the type of person that has scores to settle in our country, tis of thee, where I don't know if you know how most of Americans that aren't you or I feel about guns, they get they get very erect at the idea of popping off rounds. <laughs> and I get it. It's, it, it, it's not quite the purge, but no one's going to really uh, wonder too much if, you know, you hear a few pops. Could it be uh, an M80? Could it be, you know, taking out uh, someone you don't like and, and settling all family business? I like the idea of settling family scores through um, through spectacles. Sounds very Shakespearean. Uh, so I I don't want that to keep happening in my neighborhood, but I, I support the idea of it. Stay the fuck inside. <laughs> exactly. Um, also, I have to. I'm I'm walking back a joke that I don't think you heard me say, but I know everybody else will. But you were saying, like back, you know, back when you and uh, your girlfriend and a few others, like before. Um, I don't know. You were just saying years ago in New York, and I said, "Oh, nine eleven," and you didn't, you didn't. I didn't catch that. No. <laughs> No, it was after that. I likened my reaction to the fireworks to Big Daddy in Land of the Dead when they were using the fireworks to distract mm -hmm. the zombies. Just saying, you know, fuck this. That's amazing. This this, this will not distract me because that's all it is. It's a big, colorful distraction. It is. And I remember we were talking about it last weekend. I said it drove me crazy whenever I went to Disney and I didn't really, after seeing the fireworks once, I didn't care anymore because I was like, it's the same show every night. They literally don't change anything. But all of these adults with like their full iPads and holding them up to record the fireworks. And I'm like, there is no chance in hell you're ever going to go back and watch that because all you're going to hear is like, you're going to see fuzzy lights and hear and, and kids and things like that. So um, the the way people ooh and ah over fireworks as if it was an invention that was just made uh, is interesting. We are cavemen at the end of the day, I guess. Well, then I would like some big meaty thing to eat and uh, to go to sleep. <laughs> but that's not why we're here. No, it's not. Uh, we're back to have another wonderful horror-fueled conversation with a dear friend because uh, they're 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 fun they're, it's the backbone of this show and we we thank people for listening uh to us and and i threw chelsea some topics that i had thought up saving um it was like 17 but they were yes. all great topics it there, was there, hard to pick there's some and and i said go ahead and pick one so chelsea which did you choose for us to 
uh, wax philosophical about on this day. For well, those that haven't read the show description before they boot. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to be hopeful because we're in a hopeless <laughs> world, you know? And it's hard to find hope. And one way I find hope is through movies where everyone dies. So <laughs> that is what we're talking about today is movies where everyone, final girl is not really final. Uh, what else? They're, they're all dead. They're dead. The pets, the family, the, Every- maybe the villain, who knows? Um, it obliterated, gone no question about it you leave the theater thinking wow what cinema everyone's in, dead in the words of jim morrison no one here gets out alive yeah exactly exactly that's what you should call the episode ah all right even better that'll that'll deliver some mystery i love it this is yeah. why i need you to be available and not doing that jerk off thing called work and earning money <laughs> i need to I stop mean, man <laughs> I'm so done. <laughs> we can't all be like me or like your industry is kind of on strike. Here's some unemployment. Be creative and and meet horror luminaries and try to beguile them into being on your show. <laughs> so you 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 need to try to figure out a way to do that too. I will fa- I will I will strategize. But yeah, so, no one lives. So what is the first film? that you've chosen that you enjoy so the first film it's part of a franchise and it's not the first one in the franchise because you could argue that well no it's not even an argument you know for sure two people lived at the end of the first one um but continuously in the franchise they finally get a little bit i don't know if like bolder is the right word because the first one was already pretty bold but um, the first one I chose, and this is going to be spoiler heavy, is Final Destination 5. Okay. The latest one. So right. the, the latest ones, um, so Rick knows this, but I love the Final Destination movies. I had I had the first one, um, I watched the first one when I was young because it came out like in 2000, I think. And uh, I watched it when I was in middle school. I was obsessed. I remember... I specifically remember this on the DVD and um, I still have the DVD, the DVD of the first one, just digressing for a minute, because this is too cool. And some people may know what I'm talking about. Um, You could uh, you take like a quiz on the DVD special features, like just pressing the button or whatever. And it tells you when you're going to die, like the day. And I was so morbid. I took it all the time and I wrote down the dates because I was like, oh, this is a day I may die. I need to be careful. The DVD is so old that all of the dates that came up on it have already passed. (laughs) I was about about to say, noticing that the dates were different, uh, you had to realize uh, it was hokum. Oh, totally. And that's why I think Mm. I had such a like a light, light hearted curiosity about it because my mom hated it. (laughs) my mom was like my mom felt like it was bad energy and i don't blame her it's a fucked up dvd feature like come on but um that's why i thought it was interesting and it was asked it would ask questions like it wasn't even like random questions it was like health questions of like do you smoke do you do this 
And it's like, I'm 12. No. <laughs> so, you know, things like that. But it but was you're also from Alabama. Years. So, Fair. Yeah, you're also from <laughs> Alabama. So maybe. <laughs> maybe. But um, anyway, so I just wanted to digress to that because that special feature, that special feature, and then the third one, which DVD I have as well. Sorry for the digressions. I promise I'll get to it. But it's um, part of the show. It is part of the show. But the Final Destination 3 that DVD has a choose your adventure or choose your death feature where there's certain parts you can, you can put on that uh, version of the film and there's certain parts where you can choose the path that that character takes. And um, there's one where everybody dies in the movie ends in 10 minutes, which is real. Like everyone dies on the roller coaster and we're done. Like, like it's, it ends. And there's one where Rick, I don't know that when's the last time you saw the, the final destination of three, it's like seared in my brain. Cause I, I watched this movie so much. You've never seen it. Nope. Oh, I didn't realize you never seen it. Well, there's like a pervy character in it. Um, who like a lot of the deaths in that one are kind of comical. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a pervy character in it who dies rather early, but in the choose your uh, adventure, you can save him and he shows up in the movie later. Like, so I don't know like how much of this they had planned when actually filming the movie or they just had enough like, you know, alternate footage that they were able to put this feature on. I've never seen anything else like it other than like, what was it called on Netflix, Bandersnatch, that uh, Black Mirror interactive episode? Jesus Christ, Rick, do you know anything? Anyway, um, but uh, it I was- I know stuff. <laughs> I know things. It was an interactive ep- uh, episode of Black Mirror, and I think that's what it was called. But this was back in 2000, like 2005, 2006, so props to that. Anyway, Final Destination 5. So um Everybody who's listening must know the premise of the Final Destination movies. A character gets a premonition of everyone dying in um, a big accident, and he saves, you know, a select few people each time, and they've all cheated death. So, and then in the rest of the movie, death picks them off one by one, usually in gruesome ways. Um, The only installment i'm not crazy about is the fourth one because that was the one that was made for 3d and when you watch it in 2d which i i'm i'm anti 3d i really hate 3d it it hurts my head too much and i think it's just such a gimmick that's not why i'm watching movies (laughs) um anyway uh you can tell with all of the effects like the way the intestines look and the cgi and stuff like that like it was meant to like pop out of the screen and stuff like that and it just looks kind of hokey but um the fifth one kind of takes back the serious tone right a little bit that the first one the first two have um and a guy has a premonition of everybody on a bridge and they are you do you mind that i'm going to spoil this for you not at all the very okay i i went back and i watched the first final destination last year to see as part of my experiment of re-watching movies that i didn't really like Mm -hmm. and eh. and then the second and then the second one i watched uh for that big you know log scene that everybody oh, goes yes. on about yes. and i thought to myself i don't want to continue with this franchise and I, that's I where i stopped you. i i mean i loved it when i was so young it's definitely mm-hmm. a nostalgic piece for me but this fifth one i've rewatched. you know i've shown it to uh 
you know, my old roommate, I was like, you've never seen this one. You have to watch this one because this one you'll see in the ending why I love it. But anyway, so it's the typical fare of death is picking them off one by one. The reason I love this one and that everyone dies at the end is that started happening, especially in the third one, because the third one, I yeah, if if you're interested in this franchise, you're going to have to pause and watch five movies. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, the third one does end with them all dying in New York on the subway. There ends up being a subway accident. They think like three of them think they made it scot-free. Not the case. The fourth one, same thing. Three of them thought they made it scot-free. Not the case. A big accident happens. The movie ends. So it's not a new thing that they're doing at the end of the fifth one. But here's what's brilliant is um, you don't realize, at least I didn't realize, a lot of people didn't, the movie, the fifth one, takes place in 1999. They don't, they are very careful about me, about what phones they show when they, there are little hints of like, uh, like there's uh, one character who dies at a spa and he has like a gift card for the spa. And if you read the fine print it says like expires may 2000 or something like that like they're they're very careful about um keeping it relatively vague to the point you don't really think about it like what time or uh, what period this is and two of the characters at the end it's again the thing where you think they made it and um they are going to paris and they are actually on the plane that the first one, the first one, uh, takes place on. <laughs> so, um, and okay. they hear they hear the kid freaking out, and that, that kid it, being uh, your your Debo seesaw, my yes, Bawa my himself. boy. And they even they kind of you know they put the footage in of that, mm-hmm. and I thought that was so cool that it just kind of came full circle. And then another thing that happens at the very end, there's one so. One way they find out to cheat death in this one, and I don't want to speak to it incorrectly. Yes, Tony Todd comes back in this one. And Tony Todd says a way to cheat death again is for you to, so let's say I was, I already cheated death. I could, if I killed someone, I take their years. So death is satisfied. You gave them like a death. But now, like, whatever years they were going to live, I have them now. It's rather silly. Like, it it just kind of adds, like, a tension because the bad guy in the group is suddenly like, well, I'm going to kill you because, you know, I don't deserve to die. Um, But what's great is there's a character in it who accidentally, like, before they even know really this rule, accidentally, like, he was in a fight with one of his coworkers in a construction um, uh, spot. And he accidentally kills him. So he thinks, all right, I I was going to, I, I have his years now. I'm okay. So the movie ends with like, you know, he thinks he's okay. And he's at a bar. They're all drinking for the guy who died. And one of the coworkers says, you know, it's probably best he went out like that anyway. And he was like, what do you mean? He was like, he was like diagnosed with cancer and he only had like a few months left and then suddenly part of the plane hits the bar and kills him it's such a fun ending so that's my number one i think it's so fun is it convoluted yes is it 
gimmicky sure but i i think it's brilliant and it's such a great way like a almost like a clean way of like truly like somebody who has just been through this whole ordeal is on the plane to paris that also explodes it's that's not that's not having seen it i can appreciate that sounding clever and being a payoff for the audience that have seen all of them and enjoyed all of them and kept that franchise going i i, I that you you can have that moment of where the realization kicks in for you and like oh shit and they're all doomed yeah no it was great because i was i didn't even put two and two together when they were getting on the plane i just didn't think about it and then i was like oh yeah they're going oh they're going to paris and then i <laughs> heard uh devin sawa and Kurt smith fighting and i was like no <laughs> it was just uh it was very clean i know they're bringing the franchise back but honestly i think that is such a solid ending like to go back to the first one and then just be done um but yeah so every everyone dies and it's a great like fan payoff it's really fun cool uh first movie that i would like to talk about uh it's cold. It's unpleasant, but it, it's a it's a masterpiece. It's John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, Amanda watched that for the first time recently. Mystic Mandy. Really? Yeah, oh, really, Mystic Mandy for the first time. For the first time, she really liked it. All right, good, good stuff. Wilford Brimley there, sans mustache. <laughs> yeah, she she very much enjoyed it. She her and mom watched it. Mom had already seen it, of course, but she's trying to work on her horror. Uh, library my, uh, mystic mandy is mystic mm -hmm. mandy is my little sister by the way everybody so the, the ones that uh the classics are there whenever you're ready you just got to find the time for them and you've, you've got keith david there being smooth but also antagonistic and it's the great premise of an alien that can mimic people showing up masquerading as humans it's just trying to survive no different than the uh the many dudes at outpost 51 i want to say it is uh, somebody will correct me uh and uh, there's a lot of debate about the ending as to who's an alien who's not but it's clear when when all said and done every uh edifice in this uh, research outpost in the Antarctic is on fire. No one's coming. Everybody's going to be stuck and uh, die according to as the elements will dictate. And humanity gets to persevere because McCready, played by uh, uh, Kurt Russell, has the wherewithal to say, Ain't, no one's leaving. This is not going to get worse. Uh, we, we're making our stand here. Uh, it's got wonderful practical effects. And that that situation of where you can't trust anybody. Because at least the alien knows it's an alien. The humans know that they're still human. But how will another human convince uh, an, a, another human that they are not an alien. 
in Outpost 31. And there's that wonderful scene where everybody, everybody takes blood and uh, McCready uses that hot piece of metal to burn the blood and jumps out at um, from the Petri dish and yet another alien is revealed and you're fucked. Uh, but it's it's one of the first that came to mind to me of like, all right, if we're going to talk about this, that clearly has to be on the list of things. So what what are your thoughts of things about the thing? I haven't watched it in a really long time. So this is making me want to go back and watch it. But I don't know if I should save it for winter because it sounds like such a good fall and winter watch. It could be a summer watch. Um, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer you can watch a movie anytime whenever the fuck you feel I'm, a good movie can be watched whenever i know there are some people uh some people on this podcast that save uh movies just for a particular season of the year and i say those are not great movies if you have that limitation if i want to watch black christmas in may guess what i'm gonna <laughs> uh i'll watch i'll watch jaws uh in december oh jaws is a timeless i mean i i know there are a lot of people who save it for like july 4th but like no watch that whenever watch it whenever the fuck you want because amity as you know means friendship um (laughs) but anyway no that's a really good pick i i wish i had more to say about it because it has been like at least like 10 years since i've seen it and Um, it's antarctica so we don't know if it takes place in july it, it honestly could be an Independence Day movie, and we just don't know. Because it's Antarctica. Because it's Antarctica, so we we don't know. Do you ever have, you have no desire to ever be, like, out in the snow, right? None. None. None whatsoever. I don't either. I have no, like, I love looking at snow. I don't, like, the idea of snowboarding, skiing anything like that does not interest me snow activities do not interest me i i'm too scared of getting stuck out there Much once, like once snow was no longer a guaranteed day off for me yeah like who cares anymore then i i then it became my enemy uh i mean i also went to a catholic school uh that one day there was a blizzard the school was still open because the uh god the nuns, doesn't stop for blizzards no the nuns lived in an adjoining their their convent was connected to the school so the civilian teachers couldn't make it in but the nuns came in and since it was open my mother sent me and there were seven seven students in the entire school that showed up and we were all different grades one classroom and we learned nothing but I got sent there because the school was open. Other people were smart and said, no, fuck that. Uh, but yeah, now that it's not a guarantee and there have been times like, oh, it's a blizzard, but you know, we're still open. Go ahead, open the fucking, go, go to work. I know, I feel like ever since, especially working from home has become very much a thing since COVID. Like now there's no... There's no excuse if it's snowing outside, you can work. I do miss like when I first moved to New York and if it was really bad, uh, places that I had worked had been like, don't come in, but all of my stuff was there. So it couldn't work. That was Mm -hmm. nice. 
now it doesn't matter <laughs> it's just... hey it could be worse you could be in antarctica with a bunch of hairy dudes i mean sure they're playing and great technically music. working like yeah it sounds yeah. terrible i mean yeah they're playing great music and roller skating around the kitchen but you know but with the but with death right at the mm -hmm. door and there are floofy dogs who doesn't like a floofy dog doesn't the dog that die though dog, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, the tongue doesn't make it very long. The alien takes out the, the floofy pooches, which is a damn shame. Yeah. It, 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 it's still wonderful. Uh, great music by Ennio Morricone, not John Carpenter on this one. Uh, and, and the classic. So, yeah, you absolutely should watch it again. And, oh. and pair it with the prequel, uh, which a lot of people shit on. Because admittedly, the digital effects aren't great. But you got Ramona okay. Flowers there. Being being lady scientist of the Antarctic and uh, the only badass to figure it out. And maybe that's the flaw of John Carpenter's version. There wasn't a lady to be rational. Wait, what the heck? I Are didn't you, know this movie existed. You didn't know about the Thing prequel? The 2011 one with Mary Elizabeth Winstead? No. Yeah, yes, Ramona Flowers. I know that's why I was like Mary Elizabeth Winston. Wait, mm -hmm. no, she's got, she's got hair like this. Joel Egerton's in it. Yes, <laughs> it's on Netflix. You can watch it. I had no idea. You can do back to back double feature. That's amazing. I just made your week better. You did. This You're welcome, Chelsea. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> what i love her anyway okay um my turn again yes all right so this one i was debating over what i was going to choose because everyone knows that um I have my my love for George Romero and I work with the George A. Romero Foundation. So I was thinking about choosing Night of the Living Dead, but then another movie came to mind. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, George. It's an honorary mention. Uh, uh, I, I'd say no apology is required because not everyone dies in that. The main characters die, but there are still people alive. You know, that's technically that are burning true. Up the bodies. Yes, that is technically true. So, yes, good, good one um so the one i thought of that's similar-ish to that is one of the rare like remakes that i really like um is the 2004 dawn of the dead mm -hmm. and um one thing one reason this movie sticks with me i rewatched it last summer i think just to see do i actually still like this movie or did i just like it when i was a teenager um because it was just one of those like early-ish aughts you know horror films um and I watched it again I was like no I still really like this movie this is fun <laughs> um but uh but before Zack Snyder took all the DC properties and yeah. made all the scenes look brown and doo-doo colored it was just so funny because Dawn of the Dead is so saturated yes and um and Sucker Punch is also very brown um, so I don't know what happened after Dawn of the Dead that made him decide color palettes aren't necessary anymore, but it's very unfortunate. He went full doo-doo Jones. Yeah. Oh, my God. To go from, like, did he direct Man of Steel? 
Yes. I fell asleep during that movie. I still don't know how it ends. I'm mm-hmm. sure it ended with... You, you were correct. I'm sure it ended fine. <laughs> no, no, it did not. <laughs> no, not fine for anybody? It was... <laughs> no one was happy. Oh, well, I was happy. It was a good nap. Yeah, um, you, you went to sleep. And- <laughs> I went to sleep. I saw Michael Shannon for a minute and then I went to sleep. Dream, <laughs> dream we all dream of. You exactly. dreamt the be- You could have dreamt the better ending to that movie. But I probably did. It probably ended with me and Michael Shannon together. Um. Anyway, uh, so as, as a lot of you know, I'm sure, Zack Snyder in 2004, Dawn of the Dead, he made a Dawn of the Dead remake. Um, he was a newbie at the time. Um, the movie had some of my favorite marketing because one thing that, again, is seared in my brain. Um, so this kind of has a theme where the movies that I'm choosing, they they were like crucial to my teen years, which is interesting. But this one... Um, I don't know if you remember this, Rick, but the the marketing for Dawn of the Dead included there was a night on USA Network where they aired the first 10 minutes uncensored. The entire first 10 minutes on like cable TV or on, you know, USA Network um, up to when she crashes her car in the in the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get like the opening with the little girl with her boyfriend um everything before the opening credits and the man comes around exactly which i thought was so cool and that's what made me want to go see the movie i just thought like nobody was nobody was doing that nobody is doing that now like just airing like here's the first 10 minutes of the movie um especially it was like late at night i guess so they could get away with showing like that gore and stuff um and uh, I remember like setting a reminder for it happening and I watched it and then I was like, all right, now I got to go see this movie. And I had to get somebody to go with me because I wasn't 17 yet. Um, and it was so hard to sneak into movies at my local theater. Like they made, they acted like the police there. It was insane. Um, but anyway, uh, I thought that was so cool. So just wanted to say like, loved that. Wish, wish we had more of that um but i guess we don't really need to because everything comes out on streaming immediately anyway um, yes um, that's a whole other friggin conversation but anyway um so i love the movie i think it's i again i commented on how saturated it is i love the colors i love how it looks it looks dirty yet really bright at the same time which is kind of how a mall sometimes looks like really dirty but also really bright (laughs) so so i thought that was like a really a really great um um choice there and the characters all of them were tropes but very interesting my favorite was uh oh what's his name he went he he went on house of cards um he he was cj and he was one of the uh, security guards. He was the main security guard, and he's and he's kind of a dick. And then he kind of sacrifices himself. He's played by he Michael gets, Kelly, he yes. comes around. Yeah, he. That's what I love about his character is that he's a dick at the beginning. He comes around. He actually sacrifices himself for the group. Mm-hmm. So. It's really fun. I love Mackay Pfeiffer in the movie and his girlfriend and his little zombie baby. Like, I love that little scene where the baby's, you know, looks looks dead and then goes, ah! 
can't like it's it's so cute and then you just hear the shot you know that baby's head was blown off um <laughs> so I I just love the movie and then at the end you got um that really sad scene where you know Sarah Polly's character and Jake Weber's character so Anna and Michael Michael's you know the front man here and he's a charming romantic lead if you will and you can tell they kind of have a connection mm -hmm. but at the end he was bitten and he stays behind they all are on a boat to go part of me is like where are y'all gonna go I'm like <laughs> which I mean makes makes sense for what the ending actually is but uh he stays behind um and they all seem to be going towards safety uh after dealing with so many zombies and um in the end credits you start getting splices of the video camera um and then just hanging out on the boat and then arriving and as they're slowly arriving they think they see people and it's actually zombies and then um the zombies take you don't see everything that's happening but it's it's a very very safe assumption that that no one survived um and you start hearing the one thing I don't like about it but it does work for the scene because I just don't like this band is uh down with the sickness plays uh and I I'm just not a disturbed fan nor uh, should you be nor should I be it works I will say it works for the scene like it's one of those mm -hmm. things where like the song actually works like really well with it um and i think doesn't the beginning of the movie end uh show uh start with like an acoustic version of it or something um there's a it, during a montage scene at the mall you hear a kind of lounge act version by oh that's what it is not the beginning richard cheese yeah uh who takes very popular songs and does them as a lounge act singer which is kind of funny being that he'll do songs that uh wouldn't fall into that genre right. like the sickness uh and uh, uh i had friends that became like big fans of it because it was silly in like a like a weird al yankovic kind of yeah, way I, yeah because so the beginning does the beginning open with like a johnny cash song or something? yeah when the man yeah, comes around that's what it is okay so i'm remembering now but yes i knew the acoustic was in there somewhere um so i think that's just a really fun ending uh and a realistic ending because it's like where are y'all going <laughs> like there's no there's really no hope here um it's this isn't the walking dead where you may show up in a state that just hasn't been infected yet assuming that happens on the walking dead i don't know how they all survive like 10 years of that but whatever and, and numerous spinoffs because i guess it's still profitable you're in new york now there's a walking dead the city i think is right. what it's called um, unfortunately, I believe it's still filmed in Georgia, so I can't work on it. And get well, yeah, money. Georgia looks exactly like New York. I've told you that. When? <laughs> <laughs> now. <laughs> Just now. No, um, I, I, I enjoyed yeah. this version of Dawn of the Dead, even though I'm not a fan of fast zombies. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with King George on that, but it's fun. It's gory. The cast is fucking fantastic. Uh, with Sarah Polly and Bing Rames, Ty Burrell, everybody's uh, fucking awesome. They they build these characters and make you care, which is is close enough to what Romero 
did before its absolute uh, amped up steroided bedlam, which is what you missed uh, when you fell asleep during Man of Steel. You missed pure uh, Kryptonium bedlam. And, but again, you don't need to watch that shit. You're better off without it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really fun remake. Um, yeah, Fast Zombies. I I don't know. I'm not too bothered. I feel like with the times I've liked them was 28 Days Later in this and mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead. I'm trying to think of any other things I've watched with like Fast Zombies, and it must have well, really not left an impression on me. The only other one that comes to mind for me would be World War Z. Oh yeah, I watched that like once and I just didn't really care. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that is my second uh, No One Survives. My second film, uh, which is confirmed thanks to uh, Sam Rainey, he put it in canon, uh, that Ash dies in Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2 is something totally separate. So Evil Dead, pure guerrilla filmmaking by friends in their youth, hustling to get money because they love the genre and they just want to do a thing on the cheap have some fun work together be creative it's a beautiful thing that they did and now decades later this movie that was a video nasty in england not entirely sure why but whatever is is a classic there are people that love it it's still its mythos is going strong. There's been sequels. There's been uh, remakes. There have been, uh, I don't know if you'd call them legacy films. There's a video game. Uh, the Star series was wonderful. Uh, it means a lot to a lot of people and was probably made from uh, change that was picked out from beneath couch cushions uh to just try to get a thing done and in the can and now the people that are involved uh are considered icons in their own way so history has its say eventually um but yeah it's it's just fun gross gooey uh there's comedy uh and that wonderful feeling of what the fuck would I do in that situation? Well, I wouldn't read from the goddamn book. That's for sure. Keep that book closed. <laughs> Don't even open it. If a book looks like that, why do you want to open it? Idiots. I agree. I, I, I don't have anything wrong with going to like a spooky uh, cabin in the woods uh, for some fun with friends and smooches and things of that nature i think that i i recommend that for everybody yeah i just don't you know if if i come in like hey guys i found this in the basement want to read something from it you go the fuck back in that basement <laughs> i uh that's, one that's thing where I, you live now <laughs> that's where you live now um that's one thing i kind of at least i mean i loved evil dead rise regardless so mm-hmm. i don't want to speak how do I say this? One thing I appreciated about Evil Dead Rise, at least with with the son, is when he was playing the record, he at least tried to stop. <laughs> like he did try to uh, stop the record, but the record player was like, I don't think so. Um, so I I appreciated that he at least like 
wasn't like uh especially the character in the 2013 evil dead who just keeps reading and i'm like shut up anyway as a vinyl aficionado even i know you don't have to take home every old record that you find someplace just you know be discerning use quality uh as a set dresser i've gone through records that are on set i don't take all of them home but i did find uh, the glamorous life by sheila e and i considered that mine it's mine um no i mean i i agree with everything you said i love evil dead i actually and uh, you're gonna get on to me for this i haven't watched the star series yet but i need to well you you i'm not gonna get on you like you were busting my balls about not watching black mirror or the final destination uh ash vs. evil dead is there when you're ready there's a wonderful comedy there's a puppet there's xena being all yeah i do love this fine as a motherfucker and and it's great and it's there and when you when you're ready to to dive on in uh you know shop smart shop that smart baby i i love lucy lawless especially since now on social media she like goes after kevin sorbo or kevin sorbo kind of goes after her so it's like xena versus hercules because hercules went really uh went really red-pilled so um he went full douchebag conservative which i've noticed a lot of 90s male actors did that were on shows a, a, a lot of male talents whose yeah. career is like clearly and that's why I don't believe a single goddamn thing that they say I'm like you're just doing this to remain somewhat relevant somewhat public and uh you know I, I'm assuming that it pays something for you to go on tv and spout your opinion on politics but in actuality you're still hercules you're still chachi yeah uh you're still joe piscopo hoping uh nobody remembers that uh you left your wife to bang the babysitter (laughs) is that antonio sabato jr I would argue he no Joe Piscopo did that. I would argue. Oh, that's his actual name. Sorry, yes. I thought you were referring to a character. I have no idea who that is. That proves that you're young. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was he in? He was on Saturday Night Live, like not the original uh, cast, but shortly okay. thereafter, a contemporary of Eddie Murphy. I can't sure. believe I'm talking about Joe Piscopo on this podcast, but it's my fault. I brought him up. Um, and he made headlines because he was married, he had kids, um, and then he started having a, an affair with a, his very young babysitter, which is always the funny thing about, about conservatives when they're always like, we want to protect the children. But have you looked at your party? What an really? ugly man. Yes. Damn, and I've seen seen this era of Saturday Night Live, and I don't remember him at all. I must have blocked him out of my memory because he's so ugly. He faded into obscurity very quickly. God, what an what a what an uggo! (laughs) Why was he on TV? Oh God! You know, Rob Schneider's very uh, conservative now too. Uh, I mean, Um, he has another example of. uh... Of fading stardom exactly uh, 
I think Victoria Jackson is the same way. We could probably mention Christy Swanson. Other, other... We could name so many. Buffy. That's Christy Swanson, the original Buffy. Really? She's hardcore conservative. Yeah. She sucks. Which... It's not it's nice to know that when you're a failure, the conservative party <laughs> will prop you up for some right for some like you 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 might be a faded star but we're still star fuckers. whatever the rnc will love me <laughs> i'm a star in the gop's eyes <laughs> is their thinking they're pearl I'm i was about to say that they're, <laughs> yeah. they're all they're all pearl i'm a star um, no, you're not. No, you're not. shut the fuck up Anyway, so my my third one. Now I'm wondering if my third one is actually valid because of what you just said about Night of the Living Dead, about like the people who shot him mm -hmm. obviously lived. So this may be cheating a little bit. I don't really care because it still goes with my theme of DVDs I owned. <laughs> All right. So you're not picking the one that I thought you were going to pick. Okay. No, I guess not. I don't. I, now I'm really curious what you thought I was going to pick. But um, I'll say that before my last one. Okay, great. So my last one is also an early aughts horror film. Um, I That's love your wheelhouse, baby. It's my wheelhouse. I love it and hate it. And I have talked shit about this director on the podcast to the point Rick has politely asked me to stop just in case he ever wants to ask him to be on um, or if he ever finds interest in it. But it's the 2002 Cabin Fever by Eli Roth. So they actually made a remake of this recently. I haven't seen it, but it is a verbatim remake um a la funny game style except I've heard about that yeah. pointless <laughs> yeah <laughs> like at least like with funny games it made sense you wanted to kind of open it to an audience that may not particularly watch foreign films and it is like a, funny games is a great film both of them uh both versions are um but this truly makes no sense but cabin fever the first time i watched it was <laughs> was me and my mom and before anybody's like that is a very weird movie to watch with your mom um mom and i watched it on the sci-fi channel so it was super edited it was there were no sex scenes there were none of like the really a lot of the <laughs> exactly Boo. a lot of the really crass crass things that these characters say and like the f slurs that they say and like it's all very eli roth but my mom and I loved it, or at least I loved it. Mom had to deal with it because of me. And then I wanted the DVD so bad. I was like, I love this movie. It's so cool. I I just love the whole like infection killing you because for people who don't know, it's like Eli Roth's like first like big film where um, it was some campers uh, or like college graduates, maybe not even graduates, but students who were going off to the woods for a weekend in a cabin what what could possibly go wrong um and uh it was an interesting cast with uh one of my favorite like character actors joey kern who's been in things like uh blood sucking bastards which is a really good movie um but the main guy in it it, it was kind of interesting casting because he had just come off that kid show boy meets world and he was a main character in that so it was kind of a an interesting way to get a different audience but anyway um, I loved that movie and mom and I were at Walmart again it was a very Alabama we were at Walmart the DVD was there for like five dollars I was in high school and I was like I'm getting this DVD 
and um and I got it and when the cashier rang it up she looked at me and she looked at my mom and went have you seen this movie like really concerned I was like yeah we love it and that cashier's life I feel like kind of changed that day when she just saw a mother and daughter buying cabin fever on TVD, you would have thought we bought a Serbian film or something <laughs> um, <laughs> with the way she was acting. But again, we're in the Bible belt here. So, um, so anyway, and then I watched the DVD on my own without my mom. And I was like, I am never letting my mom watch this DVD. I was like, this is so gross. Um, and so crass. Uh, but I still I have I I mean Eli Roth is is not the best director by any means but I always admired his uh, go-getter attitude with movies and his passion for for the genre especially I always love loved hearing him talk about horror movies um, I agree with a lot of his opinions or at least I used to I don't know if I do anymore I should maybe go back and look at what he has said um and uh but i know he's a polarizing figure for a lot of people um i'm curious about his new thanksgiving movie coming out based off that grindhouse trailer he did uh so that'll be interesting um i feel like his career hasn't made a lot of sense in the past like 10 years because <laughs> he does so many random different different movies but anyway um and he's also acting in that HBO show, The Idol. I'm like, what are you doing? Mm. Stop. Anyway, um, not the point. So in Cabin Fever, you have people who uh, who get a flesh eating, you know, bacteria virus through um, contaminated uh, water um, in in this cabin in the woods and. Um, the characters start dying really really horrifying like deaths like one character her face um like her fa her face is just like eating itself the way like the skin looks like the the effects in the movie are very good um and, and by good we mean nauseating <laughs> by good you mean what nauseating oh yeah like it's a disgusting movie and um one part so here's where the dvd again comes into play like one part that everybody knows is the infamous you know shaving scene when the character is shaving and as she starts shaving like she's shaving like the flesh off her skin flesh off her skin flesh off her body <laughs> like, wait a minute i didn't make that anyway um and it's terrifying especially if you're somebody who shaves your legs it's it's not great and the sound the like in the dvd they even showed like how they were making all of those sounds and everything it was so cool but anyway um on the dvd menu the dvd menu is her leg and it and the way the dvd menu opens up mm -hmm. is she shaves and in like a uh, fleshy it says play movie and then shaves again and like scene selection like special features special features and it's so it's so gross <laughs> but it's so I, cool. I heard i believe i have it there's also the dvd option of putting hands up on the screen yes to cover things yes 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 that is one of the features i forgot about that i've and never used that option i never i think i did like just to see some of it and then just like turned it off um and then like one thing that i also love on the dvd is if you let it play too long on one of the screens that that policeman that joke of a policeman like 
is on his bike and rides across the screen <laughs> it's uh it's fun so anyway definitely had a theme here and it was dvds <laughs> so you're the party um, man it's for yes and uh and um the infamous pancakes that scene that was something else anyway um so if anything i'm really showing the importance of physical media and i think rick will appreciate that i do agree uh like i said uh, uh there are characters in this movie that don't die uh but i get it you're you're looking more at main characters yeah ancillary like, characters it, where, exactly whereas i looked at uh movies where literally no character comes out alive that's why yeah. i thought you were going to pick cabin in the woods oh well see no with this one i don't know why i cabin in the woods i was thinking about it but i also thought you were going to pick cabin in the woods so there we I think go. That's what happens but with this one i just love like joey kern's character in the middle of it is like i remember his his like line very well when he's like he has like a six pack of beers and a handkerchief like over his mouth he's like i don't want to get sick i don't want any of us getting sick but you fucking fuckers keep on touching her so and i just remember that line really well and then he like runs off you don't see him for the rest of the movie until the very end when he comes to the cabin he sees like the blood and the gore that has happened you know in that cabin and he's being his character and he's just yelling like i made it i fucking made it i made it and he's so excited and he comes out of the house and is like i made it and then gets shot like crazy by the townies who then like burn all the bodies like uh but you know one thing i will say and it's annoying but if you don't count the sequel which i'm not then all of the main characters die but if you do count the sequel, they did have that main character, not the one I made it guy, but the nice guy. Um, he does come out of that water because remember the movie ends mm -hmm. with his body in the water. He does mm -hmm. come out. He walks to the to the street and then gets hit by a school bus. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I don't I don't count that one because it's just kind of a pointless movie um yeah i never saw it but yeah that one i just loved it, it was really only like what it was two three guys and two girls in that in that cabin and yeah no the townies most of them live um but all of the all of the kids all of the college kids die so i i cheated a teensy bit but um but that's my third everyone everyone dies that's a it's it's a fun one uh, uh definitely hits differently after a global pandemic you know we can look at that uh blonde yuppie-ish motherfucker and go i get it i get yeah, it right. and make you're not wrong you're not wrong and you're 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 a little harsh but you're not incorrect harsh on the execution but right idea <laughs> yes so the last movie uh, that I chose is, is my absolute favorite movie where everyone dies uh, and it's not a horror movie although there are horror elements uh, it was described by its director Quentin Tarantino as a mixture of Reservoir Dogs and The Thing it's the hateful eight uh, and and yeah every no one gets out of this motherfucker alive and I mean no character gets out of this movie alive but it is rich it it's it there's full development on these characters 
in the sense that none of them are fucking trustworthy except for the people that are originally found uh except for uh general smithers uh, the regular employees the coach people at minnie's haberdashery those are trustworthy and that's why they don't last very long everybody else has some secret uh some kind of betrayal in them some kind of underhandedness some duality which is 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 prevalent in all of tarantino's movies that it's bad people doing awful things to worse people um but i love it it's one of those really long movies that doesn't feel really long me being nearly three hours and to me it feels like a 90 minute movie with great music great tension throughout uh and that big it's, it's not your typical showdown at the end a la reservoir dogs or you know something like hard-boiled kind of thing but you know the, everybody's fucking doomed in it and you kind of wonder well what what happens who stumbles upon minnie's haberdashery next and just sees blood and 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 goo goo muck and bodies everywhere uh again in the winter but it from the first time i saw it one christmas when it was released uh which was better than the holiday itself um i i thought of it as as a classic uh and I, it's one of those I, I I can't really get enough of. I'd be down to watch that anytime. That's a really good one. Um, yeah, it's one of those movies that I I've appreciated it the more I've watched it. I I don't think I was in like the mood to watch it the first time you you gave me the DVD to that the, to borrow and watch it. I didn't even finish it because I was like, this is just too long. I'm not in the mood for this. And have, I you, just you have a problem with long movies. Yeah, but I mean at the same time, I don't. I, I have a problem with long movies when they truly have no reason to be that long. Like, no offense to Terrifier 2, but are you kidding me? Like that's <laughs> there's no reason. Actually, all well, no. we, we we want them to come on the show. I know, I know. I'll shut up. It's it's just not my thing, and people love it, and that's fine. But um, I it's not a movie that I don't think never should have been made or anything like that. I I'm not like that. But anyway, there's I there's some movies that I'm like you just truly shouldn't be this long. Um, but uh, with. But with this movie, I mean, it takes, I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again last weekend, and I am i don't have a problem with that, like, with that length, so I shouldn't have a problem with The Hateful Eight. So I think I was just not in a good mood when I was watching it, but it is one that if it ever has a special screening on the big screen, I want to go. I want to see it on the big screen really badly. Um, I, I wish I did when it came out. Um, I like it a lot. And uh, I thought it was interesting. Didn't Netflix like break it up into they, episodes? They, they added all the deleted scenes in. Yeah. So Did it's, you ever watch that? Yeah. So it's like four, like 40 minute, 50 minute episodes. 
So I've been curious about watching that. So maybe maybe I will because I I love the movie. I love the cast. It's such a stellar cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, it it deserved the second chance because I was not not in the place to watch it when I did watch it or tried to watch it. Um, and I would really like to actually experience it on the big screen because it's so beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Um, that that original opening night screening there was the the intermission after uh general smithers is killed where it's like so you know we could take a break and like bam run to the restroom uh if anybody needs another drink get one and then you come back and and it felt like a wonderful communal theater experience of of this story and the great performances therein uh god damn tim roth and damien bashir are so fucking good i remember yeah i remember one of my friends seeing it when it opened and there was an intermission i thought that was that was really cool um so uh at least now like after since i've seen it and stuff we all know the parts where we can go to the restroom <laughs> and that's coming handy my <laughs> typical rule in a movie that's feeling really long Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't always work admittedly but if there's a scene of some really big action or really big exposition go immediately when that scene ends because then you'll have like a little bit of lull to run out and then run back in if you need to and that's that's theater tips from rick guzman I'm you're welcome at... america it's a good point I'm looking at a list of unnecessarily long movies and one I agree with even though I did like this movie was Triangle of Sadness that could have been a lot shorter that was over two hours I don't agree about Django Unchained I think you could have cut out all of the horse tricks at the end I think you could have uh but that saved you what two seconds no like like a good two minutes like oh, if you okay. if you'd have just rolled the credits after Candyland explodes, but oh, I get it. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Jamie Foxx brought his actual horse. <laughs> you yeah. want to get that horse in the union? Yeah, some of these boogie nights. I don't even think I've seen boogie nights, and I'm not going okay. to. I'm good. Yeah, I'm just curious. What? Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I, I, I. I harp on it a lot about long movies, but at the same time, like if it's an, um, if it's like an epic or, you know, something, something along, like if it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, I know it's going to be long. There's some points, like even with Oppenheimer with Christopher Nolan, I knew that was going to be a long movie. He ain't going to make a 90 minute movie. When has Christopher Nolan ever done that? So there's some that I just kind of anticipate it. So I'm not actually annoyed, but when I'm like, when I look up a runtime for a movie and see it's over two hours and it's just like a comedy or something, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it should be 90 minutes. <laughs> so um, I do love a 90 minute film, but that is a great everyone dies choice. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting you to pull that one out. I'm full of surprises. Full of surprises. This we was both the- thought we were going to pick Cabin this- in the Woods where literally everyone dies. I know. I like that. Neither, like, I, I truly was like, I'm not going to choose it because I'm sure Rick's going to want to talk about it. And I just don't want to do that. So um, 
I mean, I think everybody who listens to this, if you haven't seen Cabin of the Woods, it's so good. I love that movie. I, I had a period where when it first came out, I was watching it like every other week. I thought it was just so fun. It, it, ain't no lie there. It is fun. <laughs> and it's one of Chris Hemsworth. Like, he looks so hot in that movie, too, is what I'll also say. No lies there. <laughs> I know we're all about Thor, but I'm about Chris Hemsworth outside of Thor. I think Chris Hemsworth is his hottest in this movie and Ghostbusters. Well, you know me, my Ghostbusters are ladies. Yes. I'm the only man of my generation that'll say that. Now that that thinks that will that will spit the truth, man. I'm, I'm still right. We're that spitting truths. Lady Ghostbusters was infinitely better than Ghostbusters Afterlife. Family, <clears throat> women, yay. Yay. <laughs> but no, this was a good one. It, uh, now I have movies to watch, which is exciting. That's usually how these things end, is with <laughs> having new movies to watch. <laughs> I got free time to watch a lot of shit and tell you about movies that you didn't know existed because you were busy doing things. Yeah, what was I even doing in 2011? Oh, I was in college you were book learning how dare you i was learning from books <laughs> but yeah this is great all right um, so where can the people find you if they won't find you they can find me on twitter still i know we are we're in the elon musk days but i still i'm still there chelsea bennington um as well as instagram cool you can find both of us on July 16th at 2.30. Spooky Doings is performing at Young Ethel's. Once again, it's a free show. One drink minimum. We're going to have two teams. We're going to have stand-up comedy. A lot of the wonderful people that you've heard on this show, they're going to be making up uh, funny scenes inspired by true scary stories. And you know, if you're in Brooklyn, uh, come on out and see us. And it's still early enough that you don't have to get the, the true Sunday scaries, we will provide the entertaining Sunday scaries for you. And you can find all that information on Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. Uh, Spooky Doings is on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Rick Guzman 718 on the Tweety. I'd like to thank Elon Musk for bombarding us with ads about uh, crypto and conservative pundits. Because without him, I wouldn't know what accounts to block on my own so thank you for that so i don't have to see that bullshit that is you know i have been getting more and more um ads ever since he took over and more and more bots uh around as well so sure he's doing it right block block blockity block block <laughs> block 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 yeah it's wonderful having you back, Chelsea. We're going to have you, you for more conversations. You tell the people at your job, you need to talk some nonsense on the internet and they need it's to recognize critical that. for my health. So there you go. That's right. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime and in between time to everybody, stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky. Till next time. <laughs>